And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I'm at him at the launch, you man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's The Lives of Harry Lime, starring Orson Welles from 1951. But first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, I would normally have a Hollywood 360 listener contestant on the line, but our phone lines are down. So I'm going to play beat the host against myself. Right, Lisa? Right. So we have Carl, and then we have Carl A. on the line from Chicago. Carl A.? Yeah. Oh, Carl and Carl A. Okay. Should I do that? On the phone line from Chicago. And hi, Carl A. What is the phone line, Carl? Should I go, Carl, no, because Carl. we have excellent phone lines, oh, okay. and they wouldn't sound like that. All right. But I will I will um, let you know, Carl A., you're from Chicago. And Tell me a little about bit about yourself. Michael Jackson? <laughs> this is all about Michael Jackson, the king of pop. He was born all August right. 29th of 1958, died so at I the wonder age of 50. which Carl is going to win, Carl or Carl A.? I'm going to go with Carl. Okay. Okay, Carl, the first yes. question's for you. All right. All right. Michael Jackson's first public performance as a solo artist mm-hmm. was on The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson in 1971. True or false? I'm going to say false. Okay, Carl A., do you agree with that? I disagree with that. Okay, it is false. So, Carl, you are correct. All right. And the Carl first a. public Here's for Carl a. performance... Was the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, I yep. kind of knew that. Kind of knew that. Well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Carl A. did well, not. Well, Carl A., he's dumb. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. He's okay, dumb. we're going to go to Carl A. now. My- Michael Jackson popularized the moonwalk during his performance of Thriller on the Motown 25 TV special in 1983. Carl A., is that true or false? That's false. Okay, Carl. And Carl says false also. You both say false. Yeah. You are both right. That's right. It was in That's the performance right. of, not Thriller, but... Um, Billy Jean. Billy Jean is absolutely correct. Yeah. So you both got are it you, right. Are you uh, pretty impressed there? I am. Okay. You sound a little like Larry David when he went, ah! Pretty impressed. Okay. <laughs> you did. Pretty, pretty, pretty impressed. Oh, we're going back to Carl now. Okay. After signing a $5 million deal with Pepsi, mm-hmm. he got severe burns on his hands while filming the commercial. That's false. Carl says false. Carl A says... Carl A says true. I told you, he's dumb. Carl A is incorrect. It is right. false because right. he got burns Carl. on his what? Head. That is right. His and face and his scalp. You are absolutely that's right. That's for Carl A. There you are right. Are you, are you Carl keeping, A guy. He's, are you keeping score? Yeah. Carl's got three. Carl well, A only has one. I suggest that you are not rude to our guests. All right. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no name calling to our sorry, guests. Sorry, Carl A. Okay. Carl A. Just before his death, 
Michael Jackson was rehearsing for concerts in London called This Is It. True or false? Uh, it's like semi-true. He was, I'm going to say, so this is Carl A. Well, he's dumb. So no, false. And then Carl says true. It is true. Yep, see, Carl got it right Carl again. got it right again. I hope you're keeping score. Carl A. is dumb. I, did I just ask you not to call well, our guest names? He's not smart. How's that? That's still not okay. All right. We have guests on the show. Okay. I hope that you would be pleasant. Carl A. can take it. He's got thick skin. But I'm asking you to be pleasant. All right. Okay. Carl. Yes. Michael Jackson. I've gotten every one of them right, by the way. Yes, so you far. have. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. Just You're just letting us all know how letting smart Carl is. know. Got it. Michael Jackson's gravity-defying lean was due to a special patented anti-gravity illusion shoe. True or false? This is Carl. False. False. And what does Carl A say? True. Okay. Carl A is correct. That's right, he is. Well, Carl A is correct. <laughs> exactly. What? There's Carl a shoe? Carl A is correct. Carl is wrong. What? So there is a special patented anti-gravity illusion shoe that allows him to do that. Really? That lean, yes. Carl A got one. Yeah, he did. See, don't be calling him names. All right. Last question for Carl. Okay. No. Well, whatever. Carl. Michael Jackson's famous residence, Neverland Ranch, was inspired by J.M. Barry's fictional land in Peter Pan. True. And Carl A. says... False. The right answer is true. <laughs> Carl, Carl got it right. Unfortunately, Carl, Carl A. did not win Here's this Carl time. A. But... He made a valiant effort, and he is not dumb. Hey, he Carl A. Yeah. doing his best. You're not so smart. Oh man. Well, Carl A. is never going to call back I'm again. I'm not. I'm never. Maybe until next hour. I'm never playing this game again. <laughs> no, <laughs> until but maybe next hour. Carl A. will call back for name that, Unless too. our phones are working by then. All right. Well, we'll hope for the best. All right. Well, Good job, Carl. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> thanks, thank Carl. thank you, Carl A. Thank you, Carl A. Um, when we come back, Orson Welles stars... In the lives of Harry Lime, stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. I just got served with a defamation lawsuit by Carl A. Carl A. is upset. He said that I defamed him on a national radio show. I called him dumb. You were insulting. And so, um, yeah, I'm in lawsuit. Are you like that with others, too? I'm in lawsuit with myself. (laughs) 
<laughs> Maybe you can get some money off you. <laughs> Maybe. If so, I'm buying a new car because yes, I'm telling you that those those uh, your, floor panels are getting worse. It's getting worse and worse. We were driving over little, here. It was drizzling while we were yeah, riding today. We were tonight, driving over here today, great. and Lisa was like, Carl, You even forgot your wallet. Yeah. Lisa's like, no you know gas, what? No car. Lisa's like, you got to get a new car pretty soon. These, these. No, I didn't say pretty soon. <laughs> these floor, these floor panels are well, uh, Carl, they're gone. If you they're save pretty much gone. All of your money. Yeah. Maybe one day. But soon. here's what happens: every once in a while, when I'm at a stoplight, yes, I can. There's like, I find coins on the on the ground. I'll find a quarter or a nickel or a dime or something. And what do you do about I just that? Reach down <laughs> right there and get it. And then do and you? then someone will be like, me me, you know, because I'm not paying attention. So it is distracting having holes in the bottom of the car. Picking up those dimes on the but, ground. Um, hey, you maybe know. check the couch I love the cushions car, though. instead. I love, I love the car. It's my baby. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I'll take good care of my baby. <laughs> it's time for the lives of Harry Line. Very interesting radio show. Um, this was a drama. It starred Orson Welles as Harry Lime. And it was produced in London in 1951 and 1952. Wells was actually reprising his film role of Harry Lime from the celebrated 1949 film uh, that Graham Greene wrote from his novel The Third Man. So really, what it was is there was a movie, The Third Man. Orson Welles played Harry Lime, and then he dies in the movie, right? He's shot in a sewer beneath Vienna in the film, okay? So it ends with him dying. And then, you know, he was living in London, and a big producer said, hey, why don't we, his name was Harry Allen Towers, he said, hi, why don't we, hey, Orson Welles, why don't we create a radio series based on the third man? He's like, yeah, but I'm dead. I died. My character died in the movie. Ah, but we'll do a prequel, see? Mm. And so this radio show is called The Lives of Harry Lime. Got it? Got it. Got it? So this was all before the movie took place. Brilliant idea. Right. Lasted uh, two seasons. This is episode 17 in the series. Originally aired November 23rd, 1951. It's called Horseplay. So what this is is an episode in The Lives of Of Harry Harry Lime. Lime. Presenting Orson Welles as the third man. The Lives of Harry Lyme. The fabulous stories of the immortal character originally created in the motion picture The Third Man. With zither music by Anton Karras. If I were an honest man which would be silly on the face of it, this would be my sermon. Any character who gets swindled is asking for it. You can't swindle a man unless he's so full of larceny that his very breathing is crooked. This, to a man of my talents, would be disconcerting if I didn't know that nine people out of ten are full of larceny, like a certain American named Harris, who not so long ago came to Paris for a holiday. Strictly in Mr. Harris's honor, I concocted a juicy little swindle called horseplay. (laughs) 
And now Orson Welles as Harry Lyme, the third man in Horseplay. My game of horseplay began in the bar of the Creon. To start it, I had to call on a French pal of mine, André Janine. Say it to me again, Harry. The big man over there sitting at the corner table. See him? Yes, but... Look, look, André, all I want you to do is to get into conversation with him. Easy enough? Why not? Then, when you're talking, you find this billfold under the table. Under the table? Where you will have dropped it first. Aha! Yes, yes. And in the billfold there are papers which will identify it as yours. You return it to me, simple. Be sure to bring this man with me when I return. Let him return it. I'll be in a room here at the hotel. And all these hocus-pocus are to accomplish what? All these hocus-pocus, my friend, will result in Mr. Harris, that big man at the corner table, giving me thousands and thousands of American dollars, as you will see. André Janine did his job smoothly. He was sitting down and talking to Harris in a matter of minutes, as though they were old friends. From not too near, I watched discreetly. They were just getting up to go. When suddenly... Oops. Oh, I'm sorry, Monsieur Janin. What? Uh, your foot, I must have kicked him. Excuse me. My foot? But you did not. Let's see what... Oh, it's a billfold. You must have dropped it. Billfold? Dropped it? Oh, not me. I've got mine, all right. Well, let's see here. Well, whosoever it is, it sure one fat wallet. Well, look here at this. Oh, nothing to be leaving around in hotel bars. Seven, eight, ten, fifteen, ten mil franc notes. Must be 400 American dollars anyway. Membership card here to some club. Club de Teuf. Uh, what's that? Sounds like some sort of club where one may place bets on horse races. A turf club. This is English? Oh, sure. A turf club, eh? Ah, a fellow's name is Harry Lyme. Here, look at this. Looks like some sort of code cipher. And two race tickets. Uh, and look, look at this newspaper clipping here. From an American newspaper? I guess so. Mysterious racetrack plunger Harry Lyme winning at Belmont this season. Estimated at more than one million dollars. <whistles> Fella, tell us all right, doesn't he? We'd better ask at the desk or see if there is anybody here in the hotel whose name is, uh, what is it again? Uh, Harry Lyme. Come on, let's ask What do you want? Are you Mr. Harry Lyme? You're a newspaper man. If you are, I don't want to see you. No interviews. Simply will not be bothered by a lot of... One moment, sir, please. We simply called by to ask if you had lost anything. Lost anything? Certainly not. Good day, gentlemen. You sure you have your wallet? Your uh, billfold? Oh, good Lord. It's... Where? Now, just a second. I, I... think we have found it, Mr. Oh, come Lyme. in. Come in, gentlemen. I'm sure you know how sorry I am. I... Uh... If I seem to be rude, it's just that these reporters, even here in Paris, you know, old man in I my position. I suppose you can uh, identify the bill for oh, I certainly can. Now, let's see. Some cash, maybe four or five hundred in French-American money, a membership card in Club de Turf, a code cipher I use my business, and, uh, oh, I'd see a couple of cablegrams. It's yours, all right. Well, can't tell you how grateful I am, sir. You would have put me in a... Here, why don't you take this cash and have yourselves a good time? Oh, nonsense. Don't be no, foolish. Please. Oh, please me very much if you take it. Seriously, these papers here, they're... They're what's of value, although only to me. You're sure I can't repay you by... No, no, mille merci. 
Well, then, at the very least, you must both be my guests for an evening while you're in Paris. Drinks, dinner, make the rounds of the hottest spots, maybe some girlfriends, huh? Oh, well, no. <laughs> eh, meanwhile, let me place a bet for you just to cover your hotel bill while you're in town. A bet? I'm afraid I do not exactly see what you are... Uh, he means on the horse races, uh, don't you? Well, uh, you mean you have some, uh, let me see, some odd tips. Well, in a way, yes, tips. <laughs> you see... I represent a large syndicate which, uh, shall we say, is beginning to regulate the winning of races at French tracks. I'm merely the agent placing the syndicate money to the uh, considerable disadvantage of French bookmakers and gambling clubs until they fall into line. Actually, this is all confidential. Oh, but of course. By me. That's why I was so curt with you when you first came to the door, you understand. I thought maybe you might be newspaper men. Occasionally, they... They come embarrassingly close to realizing what the syndicate is up to. And naturally, any publicity would... Excuse me. Yes? Cable drum, monsieur. Merci, tiens, garçon. Oh, merci bien, monsieur. So the point is, gentlemen, I'm sent my instructions by coded cablegram, so you can see what a spot I'd be in without my cipher. So, I'm grateful to you both. I most certainly am. Uh, you mean the bets you place... Uh... The races have been fixed in advance. Well, now, fixed is a very unpleasant word, but that's about the size of it. That's why it occurred to me that perhaps I could show my gratitude by placing a small bet for both of you, which with good odds would at least make you some cigarette money while you're here in Paris. Excuse me just a moment, will you? What a thing to happen in on, eh, Janet? What do you mean? Why, don't you get it? Fixed races. An absolutely sure thing. Well, I've heard of things like that, but... Heard of them? We have one right here in our room. Gentlemen, lab. gentlemen, this cablegram, I have a very good thing. If you'll just excuse me. Oh, but of course, I'm sure. Miss Charisse, we did not mean to stay here so long as this. Oh, no, 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 please, not at all. I insist you stay here. There are drinks, cigars, seltzer, Perrier water over there on the table. I'll be back in a matter of, oh, 15, 20 minutes at the most. Well, my hat over there, yes, there. Now, sit right down, make yourselves at home, both of you. I'll be back in a jiffy. Yeah, put something on it for us. <laughs> So I leave this man Harris in my room with Janine. There he sits, thinking of the possibility that he'll make some money on a sure thing, a fixed horse race, with no risk whatsoever to his own pocketbook. Not bad, huh? What's wrong with that? Probably, like Harris, you'd feel you don't know for sure yet that I'm maybe not some kind of a nut, but at least you'd have to admit I had good whiskey in my room, good cigars, I could rent a comfortable hotel suite, and in 20 minutes or so I'd be back with a big smile on my face. Still here? Ah, good. We were wondering, Mr. Oh, Bryan. You know, I was afraid maybe you'd have left before I got back, before <laughs> before I'd even gotten a chance to learn your names. Did you think of that? Oh, stupid. Pardon, monsieur. I am André Janine, Mr. Lang. And you, sir? My name is Jack Harris. Jack Harris, mighty pleased to have met both of you. Oh, while I think of it, here you are, Jenny. I got odds of four to one, another 80,000 francs for you, Harris. Well, say, what do you know? Hey, goodness, sir. Thank well, it you. It's like it grows on trees. <laughs> Yes, sir, just like it grows on trees. 80,000 francs, about $200 for my sucker friend, Harris. And he never lifted a finger. That's living man, way up high on the hog. Just as Harris himself says. Just think, Janet. The only limit is the capital you've got to put down on a race. How about that? Eh? How about that, indeed. See what I mean about nine out of ten being larcenous? And, of course, before this afternoon is over, another cablegram has been delivered, another bet placed, just as a convincer. And when I come back into the room... I hope you don't mind. I had them give it to me in big bills so it wouldn't be a nuisance for you to carry around. Oh, a nuisance? Oh, a hundred, two hundred? Well, this will add up to eight hundred American dollars. That's not what I call a, a nuisance. Oh. That's the zither right there, the music 
on this Lives of Harry Lyme broadcast, November 23rd, 1951, Horse Play, starring Orson Welles. And when something went wrong for him, you know what he would say? Oh, Wells. You yeah. could do that, yeah. too. Oh, Wells. Oh, Wells. Um, so, yeah, we'll get back to that in a moment. Do want to remind everyone listening that our five-hour Hollywood 360 podcast, so this full show each and every week. So we're doing this live here out of uh, Chicago Studios, W-I-N-D in Chicago. And it broadcasts to hundreds of radio stations all across the country. Unfortunately, not all of those stations carry the full five hours. If that is the case, wherever you live, please contact your station. Tell them, hey, carry the full five hours. That's the best way to hear the show. But if they do not carry the full five hours, you can always sign up. Because then on Monday, just two days later, we have the full show via podcast along with Radio Rarities. And we send that link to you if you're a podcast subscriber. Now, it's really easy to subscribe. Just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Go to that website, sign up, or call and speak to a live operator. That operator will answer all your questions, 815-900-7535. 815-900-7535. Once again, 815 815- 900-7535. And if a live operator does not answer, leave your name and phone number and someone will call you back. You don't want to miss a single moment of Hollywood 360. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across hundreds of radio stations, coast to coast, playing all your favorite classic radio shows. And uh, we're listening to Orson Welles. He did a lot of radio. He had his own radio show for many, many years in the 1930s. Of course, he played Lamont Cranston, alias The Shadow. You know, he was so busy, Lisa, and this is true. I read his, um, I don't know if it was an autobiography or a biography, but um, this is definitely true because I've, I used to watch him on Johnny Carson a lot. Johnny Carson used to love to have Orson Welles on. Right. you ever see any of those? Sure. And he talked about when he was a young actor, 22, 23, and he was playing Lamont Cranston, mm-hmm. alias The Shadow, and he was on so many shows, including his own program, the Mercury Theater on the Air. 
he used to hire an ambulance driver. We've talked right, about this. Yes. He used to hire an ambulance driver that would be outside the studio waiting for him because these were this was live radio. And he would literally do a show, right? Let's say from six to six thirty. He would get he'd be he'd run out before the show was over, like his part was done. He'd run downstairs, get in an ambulance. The ambulance would drive him to, let's say, NBC from CBS. He'd run in, they'd hand him a script, and he'd be on another show. That has to be illegal now. Oh, yeah. yeah I was going to say, it. you probably can't There's get no away with that There's no way they would today. do that. He did. No, well, maybe And, you then, know, when he too. got a ticket, he just would say, oh, wells. Oh, wells, right. That joke only works once. Well, I did it a second. Though. I know. And uh, so, yeah, he, that's how busy this guy was, Orson Wells, one to the other to the other. And you know what? They made pretty good money back then. When I mean, you think about... Let's say the average person back then was making, you know, I'm talking about late 30s now, it's probably making 50 to to $100 a week. That's probably what the average, you know, laborer, you know, working in a factory or something like that. And they would get paid that, about that per episode. Mm-hmm. So if he did, let's say, 20 shows in, right, a, week, in a week, 10, right. 15 shows, he was making 1000 to $2,000. You're talking about 1938. That is... That's like huge money. It's huge. It's big money now. It's huge money. So these radio actors did get paid sure. pretty darn well, um, you know. And for Orson, it was Wells. Got it. Not just well. Right. He got paid Wells. Right. I I got it the first time. Anyway, <laughs> he said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're listening to Horseplay on the Lives of Harry Lime. Here's the conclusion. Now, to be sure, Harris has some 300,000 francs of my money in his pocket, but I don't need to worry too much. He won't run away. He's too anxious to get some more of this money that just grows on trees. Overnight, I leave him in the company of my friend Janine, for I have work to do to prepare the appearance of the Club de Turf. It's all a phony, of course. Staffed by my pals, all set up just to pluck Mr. Harris, just to separate him from some of his nice little old American greenbacks. And sure enough, as expected, next morning, he's back knocking at my hotel room door. Ah, come in, come in, come in. I was hoping you fellas show up. Drinks? I think none for me, thank you. For me, I can use one. Oh, after last night, I was celebrating my winnings in those uh, fixed races. Uh, help yourself, Harris. Yes, sir. I'm glad to see you. I need someone I can trust. Now, after the way you two returned my wallet yesterday, I know you're both dependable. Well, anything I can do... You can do me a favor. Pick yourself up a little change at the same time. Here's my problem. The manager over at the club detail is getting suspicious of me, I'm afraid. He's... Just before telling me I'll have to place my bet somewhere else. <laughs> I should think, after all the money you must have taken away from So, him. now, if you two would take this guest card, it'll get you into the club, okay, and place a bet for me. I've got a horse in the fifth race. Bet him to win, and I'll give you a, I'll give you a blank check. Blank check? Uh, on credit, my, my credit, of course. Besides, you still have the few hundred thousand francs you won yesterday. Yes. Uh, Harris, you got your 300,000? Right here. Okay, here. You give yours to Jan in here. That makes 600,000 for the two of you. Now, are you listening? Yeah, sure, this right. This is very important. Do exactly as I tell you, Jan. When it comes time to bet, you make out and sign this check for 15 million francs. Don't let these figures unsettle you, Harris. It just sounds like a lot of money. Translated, that means only about 50,000 American dollars. Place the check together with your cash on Dancing Cloud in the fourth race at Chantier. The odds should be about four to one. That would net you at sea. Well, it's more than 200,000 American dollars. 
what a way to make money. <laughs> I, oh, uh, by the way, Liam, I, I don't speak much French. Oh, don't worry about that, Harrison. The club deterred. Most of the betters are English or American anyway. All the business transacted in English if you don't speak French. Oh, fine. Well, come on, let's go, Janet. Now, please, one moment, Monsieur Lyme. Yes? I don't have 15 million francs in cash to make that check good. I don't like the idea of putting my name to a check for 15 million. Oh, now, million. look, Janet, don't worry about that. This guest card assures you credit. Then when you win, you take up the check. Where's the trouble? Yes, but what if we lose? Oh, don't be a dope, Janet. You can't lose. It's a sure thing. <laughs> you catch on quick, Harris. You can't lose. <laughs> Now, Orson Welles, as the third man, continues with horseplay. That Harris was a pleasure swindling him. The smarter, the shrewder, the sucker, the quicker he'll tumble. Now it was up to Janet to steer him to the rooms I'd rented and decorated to look like a horse race betting room. A few comfortable chairs for the patrons, all my friends, the patrons. A blackboard on which a man chalks down the odds in each of the race at three or four different tracks. A cashier behind his wicked window, paying out huge bundles of francs on pretended bets to the pretended club members. The, the whole thing a fancy front to impress my rich American Harris, whose breath by now is coming faster, whose eyes are shining. Brighter, for he's about to make a huge profit on a sure, crooked wager. Quite a place, eh? Yeah, yeah. The first time I was ever in a place like this. Steve, you remember the headphones up there at the ball? Uh, oh, yeah. He's talking down the yard, no? The results, too, I guess, of other races. Yeah, yeah. There's the cashier's window. Yeah. Uh, do you think we should make the bet now? But are the odds right? Oh, over there, see? Oh, sure. Well, I guess. Uh, yeah, you got that blank check. Right here. Oh, it's not blank anymore. Well, come on, let's get up that window. Are yeah. well, the odds on down? Right. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Come on, hurry up, Janet. I won't feel right. Let bed is down. All right, just so. Yes, sir. I want to place this on Dancing Cloud in the Fort at Chantilly. Mm, if you don't mind, sir, I'd like to see your car. Oh, fine, thanks. Dancing Cloud in the Fort at Chantilly. Check for 15 million francs and 600,000 in cash. All one bet, is Why, yes, all one bet. Here's your ticket, sir. 15 million 600,000 francs on Dancing Cloud. Thank you. Next, please. Afternoon, Marcel. One million francs across the board on Beaumarchais, please. Come on, Janet. Let's sit up near that collar. I'm worried. My name on that check. Well, why worry? How can you lose? Besides, everybody I hear was betting on Beaumarchais in this race. Relax, Janet. Relax. Lisa, there. Did you hear him? He did not even mention Dancing Cloud. Oh. Well, I guess they don't want to make it look too raw, you know. Why did I put my name on that check? Fifteen million francs. Oh, you'll be all right. Look at the way all these men around us are taking Sure, there are many of them. See, there. Dancing cloud. Third. Just how long do these races last? Do you know? No, a minute or two, I guess. Oh, it's awful. Knowing that the race is probably over by now, and we sit here. My name on that check, 15 million. Do you think there's uh, 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 some mistake? We do it. A man we never saw before yesterday. But he did win without that money. Didn't I he? know that. There'll be some mistake. There's some reason. For... I bet he's not even there. Listen, listen. Winner in the fourth at Chantilly. Dancing Cloud. Oh, we did it, boy. We did it. How about that, eh? Oh, yeah. Eight, ten years. 
something those two right. Come on, let's get up to that window. A quarter of a million in American dollars. How about that, eh? I see you got the ticket. Don't worry about that ticket, Harry. Oh, man, you know, those jockeys don't really know their stuff to pull a race like that. And nobody suspects a thing. Winning ticket on the fourth race. Yes. Oh, yes, sir. Money, please, Rene. I'll need several thousand meal notes, please. What's more? Just a moment, sir. I'll check this count. Look at all that money. All right, sir, if you'll just count it, please. One moment, please, gentlemen. Yes? Uh, I am the manager here, gentlemen. Would you mind telling me how you got here? This is a private club, you know. But I know, but uh, I have my card right here, and... Well, no, huh? Uh, Credentials seem valid, but uh, you have a pretty large wager here. Uh, Marcel, uh, did you take this gentleman's check? Yes, sir, right here. Uh, Well, you have won this bet. The money is yours. Uh, We'll put this check through the bank, and if they approve it, you'll be paid off. We'll impound your money right here. You are stopping in Paris, aren't you? Huh. Just until the bank reports back. But, uh, And by all means, <clears throat> your ticket is your receipt, gentlemen. A good day. Uh, just a moment, please. Yes? I'd prefer that you did not bank this check immediately. Huh? What is that? Well, well uh, I'll have the cash deposited in a local bank very soon. Matter of a few days, and you can clear it through. But oh. right now, I'm a little embarrassed for funds in my Then own you bank. you should not have written that check. Illegal, monsieur. Uh, Well, all right. I'll hold your check for a short time. Say, uh, a week? A week? Oh, it's irregular. But, uh, all right. You either deposit the 15 million francs in our bank or bring it here to the club within the week. That will show you could have paid the bet in the event you lost. Good day, gentlemen. Poor Harris. Poor Harris. I wish I could have been there to see him, how his face must have fallen, to see all that money, real money, too, right in front of him, be reaching out to take it. Ah, 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 not yet. So, Harris, a very disappointed little sucker indeed, comes back to the hotel with Janine to talk it over with me. Don't you think that my getting us a week's time was pretty smart? Oh, sure, sure it was, but we still have to lay our hands on 15 million francs to make that check good. Exactly right, Harris. Well, Janine, how much cash can you raise? Cash? Mm, Yes, cash. Yeah, let's see. I have about three and a half million francs in government bonds. I can cash those on short notice. Oh, how about you, Harris? Could you raise the other 11 and a half million? That's only about 37,000... American dollars. Well, I've been thinking about it, Lime. Worrying. On the way over. You know, most of my money back in the States is tied up in real estate. Mm. As far as I figure it, I can't raise more than 28000 in a hurry. Now, that leaves us stuck for 9000 Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I have a bank account here in Paris. I just hope my principals back in the States never hear about this, but I guess I can take the chance of... Letting you have the other 9,000 until this thing is cleared up shouldn't take long. Oh, it would be wonderful if you would. This next day or so is crucial. Until Harris's cash can be cabled from the States, I've got to be sure that he's kept on ice. $28,000, it's worth all the time and effort. Two days, three, and his money arrives. Janine, Harris, and I walk to the club to turf together, Janine carrying the 15 million francs. So we get to the club. I look up from decoding a cablegram which was handed to me as I left the hotel. Hmm, it's Mal de Mer in the third race at Chantier today, three to one. Mal de Mer, yeah. yeah. I guess we better look up that manager. There he is. Oh, uh, monsieur. Huh? One moment, please. Uh, you want him, gentlemen? You remember? Janine and Monsieur Rice here. Oh, I'm afraid I... That bet for 15 million, you held up our check until... Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Just present your ticket to the cashier. I assume you have the money with you? Right here, yes, sir. Fine, fine. Just show the ticket and the money to the cashier. 
At Bonner in the first in the quarter, Jitter by, by one, Frankly Heath by half, and Blue Booty. Come on, Jalen, cash that check, the ticket in. I'll just see if the odds are now, Lemaire, three to one. Golly, my share of that, though, at three to one? Yes, sir. This ticket, my receipt for uh, the manager told me just to show it to you. Oh, yes, Monsieur Janine, is it not? You have the 15 million in cash? Right here. Yeah, the odds are three to one, all right. Fine. Money, please. Now then, that's 78 million francs, right? <laughs> that's right, I believe. Mm, these packages are 10 million apiece. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's 70 million. And uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I think that's right. Count it, please. Well, why don't you place it on Mal de Mer? The second race is up. I think I'll watch the marker. That's a good idea. Put it all on Mal de Mer to win. First time for the second at Chanty was 2.05. Off time was 2.05 and a half. They're off and running in the second of Chanty. 78 million on Mal de Mer to win. And here's your ticket, sir. Great heavens, a half million dollars for me. Well, oh. gentlemen, a cooling drink while we wait. Did you place the money, Janine? Yes, I did. I hope nothing goes wrong. Imagine. Here's the ticket line. Good Lord, man. You bet this horse to win? I said place. That horse will run second. At the quarter, Maldemar ahead, Dilemma half, and Dr. Uh, I say, manager, uh, can, we, can we exchange this ticket from a win ticket to a place ticket? Oh, no, no, really, no, no, sir. But it's very important, and I beg of you, please. I know, really, this is ridiculous. The race is already But it was right. a mistake, monsieur. I assure you that it was my intention that the wager should be for place, not win. I am sorry, sir. Nothing can be done after the marker has called the off time for the race. Rules of the house. Oh, you dumb ox, Janine. My $9,000, I ought to thrash you within an inch of... Oh, gentlemen, gentlemen, oh, please, please. Support me. Take your hands off oh, me, down. Stunt, you cluck. You throw my money away. He ruined me, too. Let me... Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. No, 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 no. Of course, we left my specially rigged club as quickly as we could. Janin was sprawled in a welder of blood, and Harris, you may be sure, was stark, sheer, 100% terrified. But don't you worry. This was all just fun for the kiddies, just horseplay. The bullets I fired were blanks. The blood all over Janine's handsome Gallic profile was chicken blood, spurting out of a punctured bladder at the opportune moment. After all, we now had my friend Harris's 28,000 American dollars, didn't we? So our only problem was to terrify him into leaving town without peeping to the police. In my hotel room, I poured him a drink. Here. Here, Harris, oh. old man. You need this. Oh, thanks. I'm afraid I killed him. If you hadn't, I would have... I never should carry a gun. When I lose my temper, old man, I go crazy. We, we've got to think. The worst of it is, I've involved you as an accomplice. Yeah. Good Lord, that's right. The one thing, it was a private oh. club. Now, look, you'd better pack, old man. Got an Italian visa? Uh, no, well, yes, well, go, I... go to Italy. Try and get rid of that suit somewhere. There's blood spattered on it. Throw it Throw it off the train, perhaps. Uh, uh, yes, but where in Italy? Oh, in Italy. Uh, there's my wife, my business. I Can't you lie low for a while, just a week or so, until we find out whether that, that fool Janine dies or not? I'll tell you. Go to the Hotel Splendide in Rome. I'll wire you there. I'll get you out of this. Oh, yes, I'll get you out of this, old man. I feel, after all, that I am partially responsible for all this. Boy, it's awfully good. Nonsense, of you. nonsense, old man. You do the same for me. Now then, into the bathroom. Go on, wash up. Right. There's a train to Rome in 30 minutes. Yes. And you've got to be on it. Oh, I will. He was, too. And I sat back quietly savoring a highball, mentally spending my lion's share of his $28,000. My expenses weren't more than 8000 tops. 
<laughs> what a wonderful horseplay it had been, to be sure. Hmm. This would be Janine with the loot. Yeah? Ah, Janine, my sweet, my lovely, my dove, my pigeon. Where's the dough? Hey, the fix, the French cops, they the, raided your the club cops? right after you'd left. No, you're kidding. Did all the cats they can lay their hands on, arrested Louis and Bertrand what? and René and the whole crowd. Truth be here, this is all I could grab before How much? I How much did you get? Our original stake, Harry, and a small profit. How much profit? Two mil franc notes, Harry. One apiece. Two dollars and a half. <laughs> Friends was one of the most successful failures I've ever had. And there's a sunny side to it. I'm still at liberty and not in prison. This is a great advantage in my business. I'm not at all depressed, for I know that this is a lovely world full of Jack Harris's, and I assure you I will meet another such very shortly. Until then, if you're going to spend money on horses, be sure they're on the merry-go-round, or the most you can lose is the brass ring. <laughs> There you have it. That's Orson Welles starring as Harry Lime in the Lives of Harry Lime, November 23rd, 1951, episode 17 in the series. This was produced by Harry Allen Towers. And um, you know who was playing the zither there? Anton Kiris. He was I the guy. I did not know that. I kind of <laughs> knew it, but I didn't, wasn't for sure. But it does say it here in the liner notes. Got it. I have notes here. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I do have notes, um, you know, and it helps to read them sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So there you have it. Great. Um, you have... Um, I have notes as well. Do you have notes? So I'm moving from 1970 last hour. This hour will be... 1971. There we go. Huh? Let's hear it. Ah. Who's singing, Carl? Um... Earth. I mean, this is 1971, I and there's been other versions, but who is who is the original? She wrote this. I feel my heart start to it's not Dolly Parton, right? No, not even close. Yeah. Is it, um, is it, uh, Diana Ross? Not even close. This is Carol King. Oh, Carol King. Carol King. So she wrote a lot for other artists, but she actually wrote and performed this herself. Uh, this was on her album Tapestry. Listen, that listener, the listener is going to be mad at you right now because you're talking over the song. Let well, the I'm song giving information. I'm not just bit. useless singing. Let it play a little. Let the listeners this enjoy. This number one on the Billboard chart, Carl. <laughs> I am a wealth of information. I'm not just useless. I didn't sing peaking. any of this song. Did you notice? Is it hard t- for oh, you so to hold hard. back? It is so hard. It's maybe the hardest well, thing. Well, what makes this listener right? I think he's accurate. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I think I sing a little too much on the songs. Right. I should let the listeners hear a little more of the song. Before. All right. Well, you try to pull back. I'm still going to sing. Don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, when, I'm still going to sing. Especially when we get to. Uh, 
Why? Name that tune. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, Lisa Wolf. Sure, Carl. All right. Ooh, when, darling. uh, ooh, darling. Ooh. When, uh, we come back, it's more of Hollywood 360, so stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Yeah, we were listening to that commercial, and he said, the gig economy. And I was like, what does that mean, gig economy? So I looked it up because I didn't know either, but we figured it out. Either. I'm fancy that way. Yeah, you are. Fancy like Applebee's. You, when you drink your tea, <laughs> do you have your little pinky I up? do. Do you, really? Dan teases oh, me gosh. about that all the time. That is just... I'm very highbrow, Carl. Gosh. You know, that's just my upbringing. Is that from growing up in a mansion and with Rolls Royces and stuff? Yes. That's oh, how it works. Okay. I mean, I drivers and chefs, you know, just right. what I'm used to. So the pinky just automatically... It goes up. ...sticks out? It's just my, you know, wow. haughty personality. Yeah. I, mine doesn't stick out. <laughs> what? Your pinky? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, 1951 is up next. Um, what else? Name that tune with oh, Michael Jackson. No caller. It's have all about phones. Carl tonight. We don't have any phones. But right, we'll, we'll still see, play. See you soon. <laughs> Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.